are thankful for that precious blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Washes away every sin. I'm glad that you're in the house of the Lord this uh, evening. I believe the Lord has a word for us. You can go ahead and put up the first slide. As most of you know, probably all of you know, I've been doing a series on stories that change the world, which are the parables of Jesus Christ. Tonight, I'm going to be looking at the parable of the doorkeeper taken from Mark chapter 13, verses 33 to 37. We'll get to that in just a minute. But as always, I'm going to pray because I need God's anointing and you need God's anointing as well. My voice is a little weak. My body's a little tired, but uh, I'm thankful that in my weakness, God is made strong. Amen. And I pray that whatever weakness you have tonight, God's made strong in that as well. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for the blood, God, none of us would be here this evening. But I thank you that you washed us. I thank you that you cleansed us. And I thank you that you made us white as snow. I thank you, Father, that you have brought your people into your house this evening. And God, we confess our need for you. I need your anointing. I need your touch. I need your strength. Touch my voice. Touch my mind, my body, my spirit. God, that I might bring forth the seeds that you have sown into my spirit, that they might find a place in the hearts of every listener in your house. As I always pray, open ears to hear, but more importantly, hearts to listen and hearts to receive. Touch us this evening, God, and change us. Let us grab a truth or a revelation, something, God, that would change our lives like you changed the world. And I praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark chapter 13, verses 33 to 37 says this. Be on guard, watch, and pray. For you do not know when that time will come, speaking of the coming of the Lord. It is like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner, when the master of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone watch. And as always, with all the parables that I've taught us this far, I I think you have determined by now that there is always a priority uh, to the parable. Each and every one of the priorities that I, uh, or the parables that I've shared, church, have a core truth or a core principle that we uh, are to grasp, that Jesus really wants to make the priority. And the rest of the parable is built upon that core truth or upon that priority. The very first uh, parable that I told you about was the parable of the sower and of the seed. And when Jesus began to explain that parable, he said, this is the parable. In other words, this is the priority. The seed is the word of God. And I just wanted to remind you of that because without that priority, without the seed, there would have not been a parable. There would not have been growth. There would have not, without the seed, in other words, there's no growth. Without the seed, there's no fruit. Without the seed, there's no crop. Without the seed, there's no harvest. There would have been no story without the seed coming into our lives. There would be no story, no parable. The same truth applies for every parable. There is a core principle that God wants us to grasp, that if there's anything that we remember, anything that we can grab hold of, it would be the priority 
of the parable. In this parable that we're looking at concerning the doorkeeper, Jesus is speaking to a handful of disciples, and he makes the priority of his parable very clear in the first six words. He says, be on guard, watch, and pray. This is the spiritual priority for everyone that reads this parable. It is to be on guard, watch, and pray. Every believer, every person that holds claim or tries to lay claim on the kingdom of God, every individual that says, I'm a believer, every individual that says, I'm the household of the faith, when they read this, they must understand the priority that Jesus is putting forth. And it is to be on guard, it is to watch, and it is to pray. For you do not know when that time will come. Pastor said, we don't know whether Jesus will tarry and whether we'll be able to see a 2010 We don't even know if we'll see next week. We don't know if we'll make it through the night. So Jesus makes the priority of what he's saying very clear. Be on guard, watch, and pray. The very first thing that Jesus points out to his disciples in this parable, we're going to break it down a little bit like I did before. Every time I read a parable, there's so many directions I want to go. There's so many things that I want to cover. But I'll just focus on the things that I really felt the Lord has put on my spirit. But the very first thing that Jesus points out in this parable is their personal spiritual duty. And whether you're aware of it or not, church, if we call ourselves saints, like I said, if we call ourselves believers, if we call ourselves part of the household of faith, we must understand that there are spiritual responsibilities. There are spiritual duties that go along with that claim. If you call yourself a Christian, there are spiritual duties that fall in your lap. If you call yourself a believer, there are spiritual responsibilities that come with that claim. Jesus is reminding his disciples in the very beginning. He makes it clear uh, to us what some of those duties are. He makes it clear the very beginning of this parable what the foundational uh, responsibilities of our faith really are. I'll say it again, it is to be on guard, it is to watch, and it is to pray. This is the priority of this parable. I know that the Word of God talks about guarding our footsteps and watching the ways that we should walk. I know that He talks about guarding our mouths. I know that the Word of God on several occasions uh, speaks to us about guarding our minds from any unclean thoughts. It talks about guarding our lips from any unclean speech. It talks about uh, guarding our hands so they don't do what's wrong, so that they don't do evil. Even David said, a young man keeps his ways pure by guarding them according to the word of God. All of these, yes, all of these are spiritual duties. All of these are spiritual responsibilities. All of these are things that we must put into practice in our lives. Yes, all of these things, these are duties that we must fulfill. But in this particular parable... Jesus is very specific about what we are to be on guard for, what we are to be on guard concerning, and that is the coming of Christ. Uh, It is to be on guard for the most important event that will ever take place in the life of a believer. It is to be on guard for a one-time only event that will take place, but we don't know what time, we don't know what hour, we don't know when it might take place. So Jesus says, be on guard. We've got to understand that Jesus is only coming one time. We have to understand that the rapture will only take place one time. Only one time the clouds will open. Only one time the trumpet will blast. Only one time the angel of the Lord will descend with a shout. There's only one time that we have an opportunity to be taken up together into the air to be with the Lord forever. One chance we have. That's why Jesus makes this the priority of his parable above everything else. I want you to be on guard. 
for my return. I want you to be on guard for the fulfillment of my prophecy that says I am coming back. I want you to be on guard for that one-time event in your life. You see, Jesus is reminding the disciples of a time that is to come. He's not reminding them or talking to them about an occasion that might take place. I want you to know the rapture and the return of the Lord is coming. He, he is saying, I want you to be aware of something that is going to take place. You see, there's a lot of people out in the world that, that think maybe the, the rapture will take place. Maybe the coming of the Lord will happen. Maybe there will be an end to all time. Maybe there will be an Armageddon. Maybe there will be a doomsday. But Jesus makes it very clear to be on guard because something is going to happen. I am going to return. Amen. My prophecy will be fulfilled, but there is one fact, the time, the day, the date, the particular moment, the particular hour. No man knows, the Bible says, only the Father knows. You see, only God himself knows when the clouds are going to roll back. Only God knows when he is finished tarrying with the sons of man. Only God knows when the trumpet will blast. Only God knows when the angel of the Lord will descend with a shout. Only God knows when he's going to tap his son on the shoulder and say, Jesus, it's about time to call my people home. Only God knows those things when the clouds will roll back. That's why Jesus said, be on guard. That's why Jesus said, watch. That's why Jesus said, pray. That's why Jesus said, be on guard against all those things and all those people who would cause you to be indisposed when the master returns. You see, you and I need to realize that this world is fashioned in such a way to cause you to be indisposed when the master comes home. This world is fashioned in such a way to cause your affection and cause your attention to be moved from God and the coming of the king to the things of this world, to the cares of this world. Jesus knows how the devil operates. God knows how the devil operates. God knows the obstacles and the distractions and all the things that this world will bring into your life. It's exactly why he said, be on guard. It's exactly why he said, watch. It's exactly why he said, don't be caught unprepared. Because there's a time coming and a time coming soon when I will return. You've got to be prepared for the master's coming. We've got to be on guard, church, against all of those people and all of those things that would cause us to be caught up in the other cares and other concerns other than the coming of the kingdom. There's one thing we should be concerned about, and that is being ready for the coming of the king. There's one thing that we should be worried about, and that is being ready and prepared for the coming of the king, for the trumpet blast, and for our entrance into heaven. There's individuals that are going to come into your life, church, to lead you astray. There's going to be individuals that are going to come into your life to cause you to miss the coming of the king. You see, it's not individuals per se, but that's how the devil operates. You would be foolish to think that the devil won't bring people into your life to try to lead you astray, to try to distract you, to try to woo you away from, uh, from the Lord. The devil will bring individuals in your life to cause you to fall asleep spiritually. 
And bring individuals into your life that will try to steal your affections away from the Lord to occupy your time. To, 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 to redirect your eyes and to redirect your heart. And Jesus is talking to his disciples. You see, because Jesus knows he's going away. Jesus knows that he's not going to be with them forever. Jesus knows that he's not going to be able to walk with them hand in hand. He knows that they're going to be left alone one day. He knows that they're going to face the trials and the tribulations of life and the heartache of their loss. And he wants them to be prepared. He wants them to be ready. So he said, be on guard, watch, and pray, because I'm coming soon. He doesn't tell them this. He tells them a parable instead. But we need to understand that the devil is going to bring people into our lives to try to rock us to sleep. To try to, to try to woo us with, you know, bring some hypnotic tune of this world into our lives so that when that day happens, we're not prepared. You see, we've got to guard ourselves against anyone that will cause us to forget that the Master is coming. We've got to guard ourselves against anything or anyone that would cause us to forget that Jesus made a promise. That even though I go away, I'm coming back. We need, to, we need to be on guard, church. We need to be aware of those things that will come into our lives that cause us to forget. If you forget God's coming, you won't strive to be prepared. If you forget that Jesus made us a promise that God said, I'm coming back, you won't strive like I preached about on Sunday to be ready for the coming of the Lord. You won't do the things that you need to do to enter through the narrow gate, which we talked about last week. The only way you and I are ever going to enter through the narrow gate is if we are always on guard, if we are always watching, and if we are always praying so that we might be prepared for that time when it comes. You know, as well as I do, that over the years, the coming of the Lord has been predicted by many men. You know, as well as I do, that uh, every generation has had someone that has claimed a doomsday event. Uh, they, They have told some year, they have told some time that the Lord is going to come back. But, but the reality is no one knows the time. No one knows the day. There's even a book out now. I haven't read it, but, but I've been told about it. It's called 2012. It, it, it's, about, it's about doomsday. It's about the end of the earth and its, being, and its prediction or likelihood in the year of 2012. That Armageddon is going to take place in only three years. But Jesus made it clear, listen, no man knows the hour. No man knows the day. The date is not predicted in God's word. I mean, there's prophecy that tells us all about God coming back. There's prophecy that, that will help us maybe be aware of the season in which we're in. All we got to do is look at Israel. All we got to do is look at all the turmoil that's going on in the world. And we can understand that we are in this season. We can understand that we are in the latter days. But you got no clue if God's coming tonight, God's coming tomorrow, or God's coming next year. We don't know that no one knows that it's never been revealed to any man i know individuals that say god has spoken to them and give them a date that the lord is going to return that man's a liar because it's not in the bible it doesn't tell us anywhere it's never been revealed to any man listen and it will never be revealed to any man until that day comes until that hour comes until the clouds roll back until the trumpet blasts until the angel of the lord descends with a shout no one will know 
It will be suddenly that the Lord returns. That's why this is the priority of the parable. Be on guard, watch and pray, Jesus says. Not just in the morning, not just in the afternoon, not just when you're in church. Be on guard, watch and pray. When? All the time. All the time, Jesus said. The master may return at any time. So we've got to be ready all the time. This is what you and I have to understand. We've got to be ready when, we, when it's difficult to be ready. We've got to be ready when it's hard to be ready. We've got to be ready when things are falling, all around, falling apart all around us. We still have to be ready. The, the, the master could come any day. So we've got to be ready every day. And not just us. We need to make sure our household is ready. We need to make sure our sons and daughters are ready. We need to make sure our husband and our wife is ready. We need to make sure all that we know, all those that we love are ready. Because it could come any day. It could come any moment. It could come that day, that moment, that time could come before we even leave this evening. Listen, when Jesus returns isn't the priority of the parable. When he returns is not the priority of the parable. Being ready when he does return is the priority of the parable. You see, there's a whole lot of people that waste so much time trying to figure out when Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back, they won't be ready. There's so many individuals out there trying to figure out when God is coming back, but they're not doing anything to get ready for when he comes back. They're not doing anything to keep guard. They're not doing anything to watch. They're not doing anything. They're not praying. They're not watching. They're not keeping guard. Don't get so caught up into when Jesus might be coming back. Just be ready whenever he comes back. This is what God is saying. This is the priority of the parable. It could be tonight, so be ready tonight. It could be in the morning, so be ready in the morning. When is not the priority. Being ready is. The specific day Jesus returns isn't what's important. You being ready when that day comes is. Listen, when Jesus, whether Jesus returns in the morning or Jesus returns at night, whether Jesus comes tonight, tomorrow, or next year, like I said, it isn't the priority of the parable. Being ready at the very moment Jesus returns is what the priority of the parable is. If Jesus were to come this hour... Being this hour is the priority of the parable. If Jesus were to come at midnight, being ready at midnight would become the priority of the parable. If Jesus didn't come until the morning, being ready in the morning, do you understand what I'm saying is the priority of the parable? This is what, this is what Jesus is trying to tell us. This is what we need to be ready for. That's why Jesus made it the most important part of his parable, because no one knows when. No one knows when the Lord is going to return. And sometimes I think we forget that. Sometimes I think we forget that while we're sitting here this evening, it could be the time God calls us home. I think we forget sometimes when we're arguing with our spouse or we're caught up in some things we shouldn't be caught up in. That could be the moment that the Lord returns. I think we forget sometimes when we're driving down the road, we forget that that could be the moment that the Lord returns. We need to always be prepared. We must always be ready because Jesus could come at any moment. Every morning, every afternoon, every evening, every second of every day, we should be prepared for the coming of the Lord. It reminds me of a father who one night 
uh, got up out of bed to go get himself a drink. And when he did, he stumbled and he fell. He tripped over a rope that was tied around his ankle. He wondered what in the world that was, and he picked up the rope, and he began to follow it out his bedroom, and he began to follow it down the hallway. It went into one of his kids' bedrooms, and he followed the end of the rope, and it was tied to his son's wrist. And he woke the son up, and he wondered, what in the world are you doing? What in the world's going on here? And after a little bit of coaxing and a little bit of embarrassment, the, the son said, well, just in case Jesus came in the middle of the night... I wanted to be ready. I knew you were going, Daddy, but I wanted to make sure that I went with you. All the son wanted to do, he wanted to make sure he was ready. But how many of you know a piece of rope's not going to get us to heaven? How many of you know that a piece of rope isn't going to bring us into the presence of the Father? The reality is mommy's not going to get you to heaven and daddy's not going to get you to heaven. Your husband's not going to get you to heaven. Your wife's not going to get you to heaven. I don't care how many Christians you have in your family. They're not going to get you to heaven. I'm not going to get you there and the pastor's not going to get you there. It's up to you to be ready. It's up to you to be on guard. It's up to you to be equipped. You see, I can lead you. I can direct you. I can talk to you all about be guarding yourself or, or, or being on guard for the coming of the Lord. I can talk to you all about watching and all about praying, but I can't get you there. You've got to get there on your own. That's why Jesus made it the priority of the parable. So in order to be ready, in order to be prepared for that which we do not know, we must always be on guard. We must always be watching and we must always be praying. The point Jesus is making, church, listen, be on guard. Satan will do all that he can to distract you. He'll do all that he can to cause you to waste your time. He'll do all that he can to cause you to, to lose track of time and occupy your time so that when that time comes, you and I aren't ready. You see, the devil will. You, you've, you know it just as well as I do. The cares of life and the concerns of life and the trials and the tribulations of life. The devil brings those things into our lives so we lose track of time. So he can waste our time. So he can cause us to lose track of time. So when that time comes, it's too late for us. So when that time comes, we're caught off guard. So when that time comes, we're ill-equipped or we're unprepared for the coming of the king. There's nothing more important, church, that we have to be ready for is the coming of the king. The devil has a priority and Jesus has a priority. The devil's priority is to cause you to be ill-equipped for the coming of the king. You see, the devil, doesn't know what t the devil doesn't know what day that the Lord is coming. So he's going to come after you every day. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? The devil knows not the day that the Lord is returning. So he's going to work at you every day. He's going to come after you every day. He's going to tempt you every day. He's going to try to sidetrack you every day going to try to lead you astray every day he's going to try to get you to stumble every day the devil knows not the hour that the lord is coming back so he will come after you every hour you understand what i'm saying the devil never quits he doesn't ever take a break his priority is to cause you to not be ready the only thing the devil knows is what his fate is the, devil, the, the only thing the devil knows is that when the Lord returns, there's coming a time when he will finally be cast for all eternity into the pit of hell. That's what he knows. And based on what he knows, his goal then is to take as many people with him as he can. 
to cause as many people to be ill-prepared and unequipped and not ready for the coming of the king. Listen, because the, I'll, I'll break it down this way. Because the devil knows that the Lord could come while you're sitting at a computer. The devil will try to defile you while you're sitting at a computer. Because the devil knows that the Lord could come while you're away on a business trip. He'll try to defile you while you're away on a business trip. You're away from your wife or you're away from your husband. You're away from your family. So he tries to get you to compromise. He tries to get you unprepared for the coming of the Lord. You can break it down into every area of your life. Because the devil knows that the the Lord could come at any moment. He will use every moment in your life. To try to cause you to be unprepared for the coming of the king. It's exactly why the Lord said what he did. Because the Lord could come any day. Satan attacks us every day. That's his priority. The Lord's priority, Jesus' priority, is for us to be ready. It's for us to be prepared for the coming of the Lord. That's why he says, be on guard for I am coming. You may not know the hour, you may not know the day, you may not know the time, you may not know the specific moment, but be assured, I am coming, Jesus said. Whether you believe it or not, Jesus is coming. Whether the world believes it or not, Jesus is coming. Whether the atheist believes it or not, Jesus is coming. Whether you understand it or not, Jesus is coming. Listen, whether you're ready or not, Jesus is coming. You see, I don't know about you, I don't know if this is a northern thing or if this was just a family thing or just a neighborhood thing, but when I was young and growing up, we loved to play outside games, uh, games like hide-and-seek, but like a little more grown-up hide-and-seek. We'd go hiding in the woods, and we'd play these things called fox and hound, and we'd play these games called sardines, uh, some kind of game where someone had to go hide and someone had to count. And when I was growing up, You'd count to 20, or you'd count to 50, or you'd count to 100, and at the end of that counting, we had this little saying that would go, apple, peaches, pumpkin, pie, who's not ready, holler I. And the individual that wasn't ready, if they weren't prepared, if they weren't ready for that individual to come seeking after them, they would holler I, and then the counter would start all over again, one, two, three, four. They'd only do that about two or three times, but I want you to understand that eventually the counting was over and the individual said, ready or not, here I come. And we need to realize this is exactly what's going to happen when Jesus returns. There's not going to be any apple, peaches, pumpkin, pie. There's not going to be any, if you're not ready, holler I. I'll wait a little while till you get it all together. I'll wait a little while till you get it all right. I'll wait a little while till you've done what I've told you to do. I'll wait a little while till you repent of your sins. I'll wait a little while. Jesus is waiting right now. He's waiting for us to worship. He's waiting for us to get right. He's waiting for us to repent. He's waiting for us to get our eyes fixed on Him. He's waiting for us to get on guard. He's waiting for us to watch. And He's waiting us for us to pray. But He's letting us know that there is coming a time that whether you are ready or not, I'm coming. And we must be ready. Listen to me. The church, the house of God is filled with individuals that are not ready They're carrying Bibles, but they're not ready. They're putting money in a basket, but they're not ready. They got bumper stickers on the back of their car. They got fish symbols, but they're not ready. They serve in a ministry, but they're not ready. They're doing all sorts of things, but they're not ready. 
They sit, not saying any of you here, they sit in the front row. And they're not ready. They're ready. I know their walks. I know their hearts. They're ready for the... I know all of you. And, and please understand, when I preach these things, I'm not saying that every one of you are guilty of these things. I'm teaching you a parable. I'm teaching you the Word of God so that you can take whatever truth God is speaking into your life and apply it so you are always ready. And so that you can take these words and share them with individuals that aren't ready. So they don't have to tie ropes around their wrist and hope that when that day comes, they'll be taken up to heaven. Listen, I hope you understand. If you got family, you better do all that you can to make sure they're ready. You better do all that you can to get them to that place where when that trumpet sounds, you will know that you're all going up to heaven. It should be our priority to make sure that all of us are ready. But Jesus, listen, Jesus is tarrying. Jesus hasn't come yet because he's waiting for us to get these things right. Maybe not us, but somebody that we know. But there is coming a time and we must be ready. That's why Jesus said, be ready. Because I could come at any moment. That's why he said, watch and pray. In verse 34, he said, it's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. And like usual, I don't know how far I'm going to get, but I'll cover what I can. And the first thing that I want us to see in this particular verse, church, is that Jesus reminds us that each and every one of us have a task. I I, I want you to understand that each and every one of us has a set of spiritual duties and responsibilities that we are to have fulfilled before the master returns, before the master comes home. You see, he's put us in charge of his kingdom here on earth. He has given you and me spiritual duties and responsibilities. He's giving us an allotted amount of time to make those things happen in our lives. And when he returns, he wants those things to be done. One of the things that he said before he ascended to his father is, I want you to go therefore into all the earth and preach the good news of Jesus Christ to everyone everywhere. And one of the reasons he hasn't returned is because our duties have not been fulfilled. Because the Bible says once the whole earth has been exposed to his word, he will come. Because he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to everlasting life. The reality is, it might sound hard, but the only reason Jesus hasn't come back is because someone has failed in their spiritual duty. Because someone hasn't gone into this highway and hasn't gone into that byway. They haven't gone into this land, this city, or this village. Like we talked about last week, Jesus going into all the villages to share the good news. That is, that is some of the duty and the responsibilities that we have. We need to make sure that those duties are fulfilled before the master returns. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The work of the kingdom is not reserved for the pulpit. The work of the kingdom is not reserved for the pastor or myself or the staff. The work of the kingdom is not reserved and, 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 uh, for the elders of the church. It is every one of our duties and every one of our responsibilities to advance the kingdom of God in the lives of those around us, in the areas that we work, in the communities that we live. So everyone is ready for the coming of the king. Jesus doesn't want anybody to perish. You know people that aren't ready. And the question the Holy Spirit would ask you today, what are you doing to prepare them? You know people in your family that aren't ready for the coming of the king. Good Lord, it should move us. It should break our hearts. 
It should stir us to do more than we've ever done before. Because tonight, before you leave this place, someone we know could be standing before the Lord having to answer. Someone you know this evening may hear the words, Depart from me. I never knew you. And they will be cast into eternal judgment. We must make this a priority in our lives. Be on guard, watch, and pray. This is what the Lord wants us to hear this evening. Every one of us have a personal responsibility. Each and every one of us have a personal duty. The Word tells us, church, that when the Master went away, some He left in charge and others He called to labor. But the reality is that everyone that He called, everyone in the house had a responsibility. Everyone in the house had a duty. He expected everyone to fulfill that responsibility and fulfill that duty. I don't care what your responsibility or duty is in the house of God or in the family of God or in the kingdom of God. It is our responsibility and duty to make sure that is fulfilled. This is part of the parable that Jesus is talking to us about. That every one of us has an assigned task in the kingdom of God. And he wants those things fulfilled. Please look at the verse. Because I'll start bringing this to a close soon. Verse 34. When the master left, who was put in charge? Who did he assign specific tasks to? It says the servants. It it, it reminds us, church, and it makes us, uh, I I hope we understand uh, the responsibility that places on us. Jesus is calling us servants. Everyone in the house, everyone in the family of God, everyone in the kingdom of God, everyone in the church of God, God called a servant. Which means no one is above anyone else, meaning everyone in this house is equal. The servants are the ones that he left in charge. In other words, he was telling his disciples, you're a servant and don't forget it. He was telling them that the ones that I'm putting in charge are the ones that are willing to serve. You you see, I might be a pastor uh, at South Metro Ministries, but in the kingdom of God, we're all equal. I want you to understand that I might be on staff at South Metro Ministries, but in the kingdom of God, we're all equal. I may be the teacher tonight, and you might be the student, but in the kingdom of God, we're all equal. None is above the other, the Bible tells us. If any of us ever get to the point where we think in the kingdom, where we think that we are uh, greater than someone else in the kingdom of God, if we ever get to that place where we think that we're greater than, than, than anyone else in the family of God, we need to be real careful. Because the Bible tells us that pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a great fall. The Bible tells us that some think they'll be first and they'll end up being last. Some think they'll be last and they're going to end up being first. Who is the greatest among you? It is the one that is the least of all. This is what Jesus is saying. He is reminding us, and I'm reminding you this evening, church, not only are you to be on guard, not only are you to be watching, not only are you to be praying, in this parable, Jesus reminds us that we are servants. We are servants of the kingdom of God. We are servants of the Lord himself, and we are servants one to another. That is a spiritual duty that we have. If you're not serving your brother... You're not fulfilling the duty that God has put upon your life. If you're not serving your sister, you are not fulfilling the duty God has put upon your life. 
When Jesus returns, he wants to know how many people you served. When Jesus returns, he wants to know how, how much difference you made in someone else's life. You see, so often, I've talked about it before, don't want to waste a lot of time when we come into the kingdom, when we come into the house, when we come to that table God has prepared for us. We all want to sit closest to Jesus. We all want to have that, that, that spotlight seat. But I've taught you before, Jesus has said, when you come to the table, I want you to take the last seat. And that last seat was the seat of service. The person who sat in that last seat was the one that got all the drinks, was the one that got all the food, was the one that had to serve Jesus and serve the other disciples. And, and we are reminded that when we are willing to take that seat, that Jesus will move us to the front seat. That Jesus will recognize us, that Jesus will honor us, that Jesus will bless us. Don't strive to be first. The Bible reminds us if you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you're willing to lose your life for Christ, you're going to gain it. You see, the world teaches you things upside down. If you want to get ahead, step on everybody. If you want to get ahead, use everybody. If you want to get ahead, abuse everybody. Jesus is saying if you want to get ahead, be the least of all. Be a servant in my kingdom. Be a servant to my brothers and sisters. But back to the priority, be ready. Watch, wait, and be ready. Pray is another thing that Jesus said. And I'm going to start bringing this to an end. Go ahead and put the music on because I want to try to find a spot here to bring this to a close. Verse 35. Therefore, Jesus said, keep watch because you do not know when the owner or when the master of the house will come back, whether at evening, whether at nighttime, or when the rooster crows or at dawn. And in this particular verse, Jesus is speaking more to us about a time in our life than a time on a calendar. He's speaking to us a little bit more about a time of life than he is about a time on our watch. You see, what Jesus is trying to tell his disciples in this place, some were older, some were younger, some were new. Maybe in the crowd that was sitting around, there were some individuals that hoped to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And Jesus was reminding them, I could come when you're 15 years old. I could come when you're 40 years old, or I could come when you're 65 years old. This, this is what Jesus was referring to. And no matter when I come in your period of life, I want you to be ready. You see, the sad reality is so many individuals wait until the latter years in their life to start getting spiritual vision. They wait till their latter years in life to begin to dedicate themselves to the Lord. They, they wait till their latter years in life to start watching and to start waiting and to start praying. Jesus is saying to all of those individuals in the early years of your life, be ready. Because I could come in the morning, I could come in the evening, I could come at the beginning of your life or towards the end of your life. But no matter when I come, I want you to be ready. And the, the, the reality is, in studies that we've looked at before, when that time actually comes, church, many will not be ready. Many won't be ready. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 24, verse 40 and 42, that two men will be out in the field working. One will be taken, one will be left behind. It says that two women will be grinding at the hand mill. One will be taken and one will be left behind. It talks about two sleeping. One will be taken, one will be left behind. And what Jesus is saying, what he's trying to communicate here, is there's coming a time when two people, I'll put it in modern-day vernacular, when two individuals will be driving to work, one will be watching for the coming of the Lord, and one will be caught off guard. 
He, he's saying that two individuals, three individuals, four individuals will be sitting at a business meeting at work. Two might be watching for the coming of the Lord. One or two will be caught off guard. He's reminding us that there could be a couple lying in bed tonight. And the Lord could return in the middle of the evening while one was watching and the other will be caught off guard. This is why Jesus said that we must watch and we must pray because it could, be, it could happen at any time. And I, I want to try to find a, a close for here. We need to be watchful, church. We need to really be watching for the coming of the Lord. As much as we are watching for so many other things to happen in our life, we watch the stock market. We watch the news. We watch current events. We watch our favorite ball team. We watch all these things that can fluctuate in, in our lifetime. But Jesus is saying, look, there's one thing that you need to be assured of. And that's I am coming and I want you to watch for my return. I want you to be watchful. And he's not talking, listen, he's not talking about, okay, we'll just watch and see what happens this year. He's not talking about a watching like the Thessalonians. And I don't want to get into a big study here. But there was a Thessalonian group of people, church, who, who when they began to hear about the coming of the Lord, you know what they decided to do? They shirked all of their spiritual responsibilities. They shirked all of their spiritual duties. They stopped advancing the kingdom. They stopped working. They stopped doing all those things. And they all sat down. And they just started looking up, waiting for the clouds to roll back. Waiting for the Lord to come down. They stopped advancing the kingdom. This is not the kind of watching Jesus is talking about. He wants an active watching. This is what he is saying. While you watch, I want you to serve. While you watch, I want you to work. While you watch, I want you to worship. While you watch, I want you to testify. While you watch, I want you to prepare yourself. While you watch, you understand what I'm saying? He's saying the same thing. Don't stop there. I want you to watch and pray. I want you to watch and I want you to pray. You see, the only response, say it this way. Your only duty is not to just obey, it is to obey and watch. Your only duty isn't to trust, it's to trust and watch. Your only duty isn't to serve, it's to serve and watch. It's to do all of these things and fulfill the duties and the responsibilities that God has put upon our lives and watch and pray at the same time. Watch and pray. As you wait, pray. As you serve, pray. As you obey, pray. And I'm trying to bring this to a close because the number one duty that Christ mentions in this is prayer. I want you to be on guard. I want you to watch. But if you want to be ready, there's something you got to do. You got to be on guard. You got to watch. And you got to pray. Every day you got to pray. Pray what? Pray that you are ready for the coming of the Lord. Pray that you are found faithful in the eyes of God. Pray that you can endure to the end, that you make it through the trials and the tribulations of life. Pray that you don't throw in the towel. Pray that you can run and not grow weary. Pray every day that you put on the full armor of God. Pray that you will be found worthy. Pray that your name will be written down in the Lamb's book of life. Pray that you will hear the words, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the rest that I have prepared for you. Pray. These are the things that we are to be praying. Oh, I know Jesus is coming someday. Well, let's pray. 
Pray that we are ready for the return of the Lord, church. Pray like Jesus told us to pray when he said, Pray then like this, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When's the last time you prayed for the kingdom of God to come? When's the last time you prayed, Jesus, come quickly? When's the last time you prayed that you're ready, prayed that your family is ready, prayed that you would be found faithful? Pray that you wouldn't be caught off guard. Pray that you wouldn't be ill-prepared or ill-equipped for the coming of the Lord. Pray that you do what God has called you to do. Pray that you can fulfill the duties and the responsibilities that God has for us. And here I close, the last verse. Jesus said, what I say to you, I say to everyone. Watch and pray. And what that means, church, is that there's no one exempt from these spiritual duties in their life. What I say to you, I say to everyone, Jesus said. I say it to everyone that reads this word. I say it to everyone at South Metro Ministries. I want you to all watch and pray. There's no one is exempt from this spiritual responsibility to be ready for the coming of the Lord. So I end with this very simply. If you're willing to say tonight, God, I, I want to be ready. I'm going to do my best to be on guard. I'm going to do my best to watch. I'm going to do my best to pray so that whenever it is you return, I'm ready. If that's you, just stand to your feet. Uh, there's, there's nothing more than that than you just making a commitment tonight at the close of this parable that, God, it is my desire to be ready. It's my desire to be prepared. It's my desire uh, to, to, to be on guard, to watch, and to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, that you have made us a promise that you are coming back. God, that might be a scary thing to some people, but it should cause us all to rejoice that you're coming to fulfill a promise to take us out of this world that is dying and decaying and bring us into heaven, into fellowship and relationship with you. I thank you, Father God, that you said you have gone to prepare a place for us that where you are, we might be also. And I pray, God, that there's not a single soul in this place that would be ill-prepared or ill-equipped, not ready for your coming, not watching, not waiting, not praying. I, got, I pray, God, that each and every day we would fulfill those spiritual responsibilities in our life, that we would never be caught off guard. I pray, God, that, that, that your soon return would cause us to reach out to other individuals will cause us to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those who we know are not ready, who are not prepared for the coming of the King. And God, if there's anyone in this house tonight that's not ready, I pray that you would move upon their heart. I pray that they would take the steps necessary. I pray that they would repent. I pray that they would do whatever they have to do, God, to prepare themselves for the coming of the Lord. I praise you for all the parables that you've given us, O oh God. Help these words to find a place in the soil of our soul that they might bear fruit and fruit that will last. We give you the praise and we give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Can we as always, church, just bless the Lord? If you have a special need, I'd be happy to tarry.